0: You're listening to Not The Wifey Type, the podcast, a cape-free zone where we share stories and break down strength and struggle narratives to reimagine lives with us at the center. I'm your host, Kayla Charleston. Now let's get into it. We're switching gears this week to do the requisite travel episode. Y'all know I have to have at least one per season. And y'all seem to like them because all the travel episodes are among the most downloaded and this week's guest is the co-founder of Fem b b which is a service that caters to women travelers and we're talking about some of our experiences as solo travelers speaking of which If you've been following me on Instagram and you've watched my stories, you've probably seen me talk about a travel memoir, and I figured I would introduce it here since it's something that I've been working on. So, if you're new here or you haven't gotten a chance to listen to season one, episode one, where I explain the makings of Not the Wifey Type, then you may not know that travel has played a big role in like who I am and arriving at this concept of Not the Wifey Type. So, um, at one point, I lived in Italy for 6 months and I was able to travel to other places much easier and for much cheaper. And the year after I got back, I sat down for an entire summer and I wrote a memoir about my travels. So I listed all the experiences that I thought were interesting or insightful. I decided which to, which ones should go in the book and then I organized I organized them and I wrote I wrote them out. So um, then I you know, let the book sit for a long time without touching it. They they say when you write something, you need to have some distance from it before you go back to it. So you can really see how terrible it is <laughs> and what you need to fix. But um, I've recently decided to return to it and I've had such a good time rereading it and all the things that happened and you know, being transported back to those moments. I forgot about a lot of the specifics of some of those experiences. And after having some time apart from what I originally wrote, it's very clear that this is a story about identity. So like what it meant to be Black abroad, what it meant to be American, what it meant to be Black American, what it meant to be a Black woman, what it meant to be a Black woman dabbling in interracial dating or whatever. And, It has everything to do with not the wifey type because I learned so much about who I seemed to be to others, who I wanted to be, and who I didn't want to be. And I think as Black women, we can all relate to the challenges of navigating other people's perceptions of us. So that's a project I'm working on. I think I mentioned, you know, maybe possibly doing a Patreon for the podcast. So I'm considering including the book at um, at a certain level of patronage, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Regardless, I'm excited about sharing that with you all. If you want to be um, kept up to date on things I have going on, make sure you're on the mailing list. There, there will be a link in the show notes where you can sign up to be on the mailing list. It'll be under the Join the Community section. So, in today's interview, we mentioned some of the challenges of solo traveling, and one thing that came up. During the interview was fear, and it made me think back to a situation I had with my mom. And it was when I was in Italy. I had been I had been in Italy for a few weeks, and had already made plans to go to Thailand. And for me, it was perfect. It was a perfect opportunity to go because. You know, it, it made the time difference less difficult to adjust to. So like, there's a six hour time difference between Thailand and Italy. Whereas if I, if I had been back home, there would have been a 12 hour difference. So literally the middle of the night would have been the middle of the day. And I just imagine it takes a few days for your body to adjust, um, with everything flipped like that. So, um, yeah, I decided to go to Thailand because the time difference would 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 be easier to deal with from from Italy and I'll never forget when I told my mom that I was going to Thailand she pretty much panicked the first thing she did was to tell me how she had heard about some woman who went to Thailand and came back with some kind of illness and then died suddenly and she couldn't verify where she heard this from or any of real details about it but like in her mind Thailand meant, death was imminent. <laughs> and you know, that part didn't really shake me because it sounded like a fake story or like some of the pieces were missing. So I didn't really let it deter me. But like as my mom kept talking um, and trying to convince me that it wasn't a good idea for me to go, she says, I know you like to think you're a world traveler and that statement was like a gut punch. It was the first and only time I can ever remember it feeling like my mom was trying to humble me. So it it really shook me because I, I didn't understand where it was coming from. Like my mom had always been supportive of me. When I said I was getting my first tattoo, she was like, okay, cool. When I said, when I came home with facial piercings, she was cool. Like when I decided that I wasn't really into going to church anymore. She didn't bat an eyelash a- eyelash. So she's been really like cool and supportive of other things that I've decided to do in my life, but something about me going to Thailand had her had her acting up. And at that point I had been to more than a few countries and some of them were solo, so I thought I had proven that I knew what I was doing. And so her comment Like shook me so much that I ended up getting off the phone. We were talking on the phone. So I ended up internalizing what she said. And I started to doubt myself and my ability to navigate unfamiliar places. And as I was flying to Thailand, I was actually afraid. And I started catastrophizing, which is a cognitive distortion where you imagine the worst possible outcome or you think something is the absolute worst possible situation. So I just knew something bad was going to happen because I wasn't prepared to go somewhere like Thailand and I was going to miscalculate something and end up destitute 10,000 miles from home and nobody would be able to come get me or find me. I was <laughs> she had me tripping like and it was It was so unlike me because I had never been afraid to travel alone before. Like it's for me, traveling solo is really exhilarating, and and like fear has never been an emotion that has been on my radar when it comes to solo, solo traveling. So then, when I got there. It was actually nothing like I was imagining. I island-hopped. I washed an elephant. I got an authentic Thai massage. I ate a scorpion, which I have unreleased footage of. It was disgusting. And I feel like that's something that probably only tourists do, but whatever. Um, I got a tattoo. I ate my weight in Pad Thai and mango sticky rice. Like Nothing bad happened to me on that trip. As with every other trip I had been on because, you know, I was exactly the world traveler that I thought I was. And then it hit me. I was afraid because my mom was afraid and I took on her fears as my own. So, like, my mom has never been out of the country. She hates flying. She doesn't like flying. So, you know, any kind of long flight, she's not really into. And she also hates strong, unfamiliar smells. <laughs> Thanks to having a nose that's like a like a bloodhound, she can literally smell everything. It's crazy. But um she she kind of didn't really understand how she ended up with a daughter Who would feel so comfortable so far away from the familiar. So I think that and also maybe some ignorance about Asia um, contributed to her fear, you know, like Western stereotypes about Asian countries as dirty or uncivilized, you know, that kind of contributed to her fear-mongering, if you would, if you want to call it that. So once I realized where she was coming from and compared her fears to my actual positive experiences as a traveler and how I thought about myself um, as a traveler, it became a lesson to me. And even if you're not a big traveler, I think it translates into a lesson that applies to many contexts. Like You have to be very careful playing into other people's fears and other people's perceptions of you. So she apologized for the comment um, later on, but at the time she said it, she was trying to sow doubt in my mind. And I really loved the way that Rita framed being authentic in episode two of the season of the season when she said, "You have to figure out what's yours and what was given to you. And it applies to fear as well. Like, is that fear really coming from within? And if it is, Can you, you can do some more digging, you know, to find out why, or did you borrow it from somewhere or someone else? And, you know, another fitting context that I'm just thinking about now is relationships and this fear of dying alone. Is that really your fear? Or is that years and years of programming via Disney princesses and rom-coms and social pressure and legally sanctioned benefits for pairing off and so on and so on that have made you, uh, have made being alone anathema to you. So, uh, I'm, I'm really grateful that I ended up having, you know, a wonderful time in Thailand because who knows the lies that I would have believed about myself if something had happened to Um, confirm my mother's fears. And so while I was imagining the worst possible outcomes, I ended up getting the best possible outcome, which was affirmation that I was every bit as worthy and as skilled as I thought I was. All right, for today's guest, we have Ya who is a tech entrepreneur, co-founder and CEO of Fembnb Incorporated. She is the first social—oh, I'm sorry, which is the first social networking vacation and short-term rental platform for women by women, along with AI-powered travel companion to help women plan their trip from start to end. She's passionate and enthusiastic about travel, technology, women, um, travel safety, sustainable travel and improving women's travel experiences across the globe. How are you today, you
1: I am doing really, really well. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> thank you for coming.
0: So I always start out by asking guests a little bit of their background. So can you tell me about like your background, your upbringing, and how maybe it inspired your interest or perspective on
1: travel? Sure. So I'm originally actually Ghanian. So I was born in Ghana, but I was raised in Canada, um, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, my parents were huge Christians, wake up in the morning, prayers, in the night, prayers. Um, so I really, um, even in my journey as an entrepreneur right now, faith is um, really, really important to me and every aspect of my life right now. So um, I'm a very um, faith based entrepreneur. Um, and also, um, you know i I grew up in in a home where my mom was an entrepreneur. she has you know been there, done that, gone through all um you know failures and got up and still pushed so I've learned a lot from that and um and that's what really has shaped me to become the one- wo- the woman I am today and of course i i along the way, I have my own personal experiences that I've gone through that has definitely propelled this um this woman that I am or whatever I'm doing right now to happen right now.
0: Hmm. Nice. So since we're kind of going to talk about how you founded B and b can you tell me about some of your solo travel experiences and like, well, let's start with the positive. Can you tell me some of your positive solo travel experiences?
1: Sure, definitely. So um, one of my positive solo travel experiences when I traveled to Turkey, um, I went to Istanbul, Turkey two years ago, actually. And prior to that, I was really, really afraid to actually go there because of all the things that you hear in the news and, you know, um, the fear that comes along with it. So um, I decided to take the bold step to still go ahead. I remember having a conversation with my mom because my mom has been to Turkey several times. She's like, you know what? Um, She gave me some few tips here and there. So when I got there, I was actually quite surprised the culture, the substance. um, It was just, I was just immersed in, Beautiful culture and beautiful people. I just loved the place so much, and I I was actually really upset that I didn't spend enough time there. So that is definitely a place that I'm going back for sure. But it it has been a life changing experience for me. Like I always say, you know what? I think through that experience, you have to always experience things for yourself. Sometimes to really know what the true meaning is or what the actual experience is, because sometimes hearing stories or even through the media does not really paint the full picture of what the actual story is. So going there to really experience what Turkey is, what Istanbul is in between Asia and also in between um, Europe has been um, uh, one of the best solo trips I've, I've been on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a friend who um, asked if I wanted to go to Turkey with her and I thought it was an interesting place for her to choose. And so it's interesting that you bring up Turkey and, and preconceived notions about places and stuff. So I'm going to have to tell her that we definitely need to check that out. <laughs> yes. what, are you, what is it like when you're like preparing for solo travel? What's it like preparing and does that normally match up with your
1: expectations or um, what you've prepared for when you go solo travel? Um, well, with me, I'm a very spontaneous person. So I normally even if I'm do when I do um when I do plan, right, I only maybe plan ahead in terms of actual booking, maybe my first flight to the first city and everything that comes along with it is just literally spontaneous. I of course do plan I have an idea of what country I want to go to or what places I want to visit. However, um because I because I like to change things much faster sometimes, I'd rather kinda wait till I get there and then you know choose what I want to do. But prior to that, I do some research about the the country that I want to, I want to visit. I also, you know, um, make sure that I have certain things with me, like my phone or even pepper spray or, um, just, uh, just things that you will plan as a solo traveler, you know, making sure like I have like an emergency, someone that I can contact in terms of an emergency, um, person, um, even like, you know, Place is something to, I, I do actually go to embassies sometimes to just kind of let them know, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm from Canada, just in case something does happen, I'm here. So all those things kind of go into into my planning, but I'm not really someone that actually plans my entire itinerary um, in advance. I like to kind of go with the flow when I'm in the city or when I'm in the, in a new place, I like to kind of go with the flow. So that's how I, I kind of, you know, plan my trips in terms of solo traveling. Is there a reason why you like to be more spontaneous when doing solo trips? Um, you know what? I I'm not saying I don't plan at all. I do plan, but in terms of actual certain cities that I'm going to, or maybe things that I need to do, I'm for for some reason I like things. I find like things are spontaneously, I guess. spontaneous driven I don't know how to say it I feel like it's more fun and I also find that things that I don't plan I find meaning to it more and when um and I always say you know a lot of things when we plan it doesn't really go according to plan anyway so what's the point of putting so many hours researching or planning a whole itinerary and end up changing it at the end of the day so for me it's it's the fun part And really kind of discovering, right? Um, When it's spontaneous, you do do discover things are new. And you also do find your strength within yourself, the things that you're actually capable of. So... Mm
0: Yeah, yeah. So I asked that because I've, I've kind of done both, like made a whole itinerary and a schedule and try to stick to it. And I've also like, I don't know, booked a flight to another country. And um uh, I was in Europe. So, you know, in Europe, it's a lot easier to travel and it's a lot cheaper to travel. Mm-hmm. So I've like booked a flight to a different country for the next day and didn't know where I was going to go. And so it is I feel like it's kind of freeing to be spontaneous
1: and just not know what's next and just go with the flow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I find it very fun for me. And naturally, I'm a very spontaneous person. I do believe in like, you know, horoscopes sometimes, or I'm a Sagittarius and Sagittarius people are spontaneous. We like, you know, just doing things on the fly. Um, And we like to think right on our feet. For me, I think right on my feet when something happens. I don't, it doesn't take me a day to really think about the strategy to resolve that issue. I can literally think of it right there. So um, I'm naturally, I'm very spontaneous and that's what actually just keeps my spirit up and, uh, I find it fun. Just kind of like go with the flow and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. have you ever
0: done something spontaneous and found yourself in like a pickle or maybe a scary situation? And how did you handle that? Um, or like getting lost or something, for example, getting lost or something or, you
1: know. Um, I haven't actually had that experience where I plan anything spontaneous and I had a a horrible experience. I haven't had any such experience. I mean, I did have a horrible experience when I traveled to Rome as a solo traveler, but even that was planned, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was planned and everything like that. But I haven't had any experience where... Um, it was a spontaneous um, activity that I, I I decided to do and then get myself into trouble. I haven't had that experience yet. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. So I asked because um, I know a lot of women, there are a lot of women who are kind of maybe afraid to solo travel for their safety and stuff. So it's good to hear women talk about, you know, being able to travel and, and be spontaneous and, you know, not really have huge you know, scary things happen to them or bad things or negative things happen to them. Mm -hmm. So that's really good to hear. So you mentioned your trip to Rome. Can you tell us about um, what happened with that? Because I wanted to ask you about some of your challenges with solo traveling. Um, Mm -hmm. So can you,
1: yeah, tell us about that and how that inspired you to do other things. Definitely. Um, Thank you for that question, actually. So um, regarding Rome, um, traveling to Rome as a a first-time traveler to Rome, And also as a woman, and of course, a woman of color, there was a little bit of concern for me. So prior to me actually getting there, I did email my host and and I said, you know, I'm coming by myself. Is it possible for you to meet me at the metro station and then, you know, know, take me to my apartment? He agreed to that um, and he was aware that I was coming there solo. So that part was planned, right? Um, However... When I got there, he didn't show up. He told me that he actually has someone else that he needs to attend to and he cannot come and um, meet me. So I have to walk to the apartment by myself. So as I proceeded to walk there, um, between maybe 50 meters um, to the apartment, I was literally harassed all the way. Um, In front of the apartment, I was sexually harassed. Um, I went, I was so scared to the point that I actually went to another convenience store that was beside the apartment to ask them to use their phone. And the guy said, no. So walking back to the metro station felt like 100 years because sexual harassment was literally at the at the highest. And I remember um, telling the host when I got in contact with him, like, hey, you know, I was just recently sexually harassed in front of your apartment. Like, what are you going to do about it? Or has anybody complained? I'm sure someone has complained. He's like, yeah, this happens all the time. Nothing will happen to you. And I was like, what, you know, it was then I really realized that it is an issue. Um, mm-hmm. and, and at the end of the day, as I said, it was not planned, it happened. And it is something that I always, when, I, when the situation happens to me, for example, I tend to, of course, grieve over it, but then I don't try to, you know, um, I don't try to um, actually find dark light in it. I always try to find good light in it. Meaning, like I always try to find a solution. So, how do I resolve this? So next time, this does not happen again. So, and essentially, when I came back home and talking to several women, and through my market validation, I realized that this is an issue that actually exists, and this is an issue that a lot of women don't talk about. Even solo travelers, um, even my lawyer had said that she had gone to Portugal and someone had accidentally thought—not even accidentally—thought that she was a prostitute. So. These things are happening, but we don't really converse about it. We don't really have open conversation to find out what solution we need to actually um, provide to resolve um, or actually enhance women's safety when it comes to travel. And that is essentially how FemBnB was born to really alleviate safety issues associated with women travel and home and hosting experience and really making sure that women are comfortable and supporting them through their travel endeavors now and, of course, in the future.
0: Mm -hmm. Great. So I wanted to ask that that makes me think of a question. What would you say about your experiences specifically as a black woman solo traveling? Do you think that is a little bit different than women in general solo traveling or or what would you say about that?
1: I think it is a bit different um, as a black woman. I mean, black women are normally objectified as sexual objects. So in, especially in Europe, for example, I mean, I'm not the only one that have talked about street harassment and sexual harassment. There are many black women that that have come out to talk about those type of things because that is what we go through. And, and even that apart, aside from that, you know, discrimination, I remember I was in Spain, Barcelona, and I went to the restaurants and literally they served everybody except for me. I was sitting there and I had to call the guy three times before he came to me. So, I mean, sometimes you do, you don't want to think that's racism, but then you see what's happening around you. You realize that it is actually racism. It's actually discrimination. Another um, issue, when I was coming back from, um, when I was actually coming back from Turkey and I was going to Santorini, I was stopped at the, um, prior to me boarding the flight, everybody went in except for me. I was literally stopped for at least 20 minutes. And they were um, going through my passport. They were trying to find out why I'm traveling so much. And like all these sort of questions. And I'm like, why is everybody in there? And why am I out here? You know, and they're actually questioning my nationality. Like, are you really Canadian? You know, like, are you really Canadian? So, you know, we do go through different experiences if we're, I mean, as Black women, we do. Um, However, um, sometimes it's one of those things where you kind of expect it, especially knowing Mm -hmm. that this is an issue that has existed for many years. And it would take another, I don't know, several years for this to be eradicated. So it's, it it, does a difference, certainly does a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, between a, a white woman traveling and, of course, a black woman traveling. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've experienced all the things that you mentioned. I've, I've been stopped and um, to see my passport in airports. I've had strange men. I remember I was in the airport in France waiting on the train or something, and a guy came up to me. I, he didn't even speak English, except for a few words. He said, you, me, go, hotel. And I was like, What? <laughs> It was Mama. wild. Yeah, so I've had I've had all these experiences as well. So there's definitely a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So you you um started talking about how this inspired
1: you to uh, be the co-founder of Femme B&B. Can you tell us more about FemBnB and what it offers for women? Sure. So Femme B&B is actually a prop tech um company. So we specialize in um you know matching women hosts and women guests together. And and at the same time, it's infused with travel technology. So we have a space, a unique space called Her Community, which is powered by artificial intelligence. So within that space, you're able to play interactive games, connect to several women, um, connect to women even all over the world, and also create a personalized itinerary or even share your itinerary with others. Um, So it's 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 a unique space where women are able to connect and find friends. So we, um, our, our our product is basically prop tech and, and travel tech infused together. And uh, it is quite different from what other people are offering or what other competitors are offering. We're basically the travel, um, end-to-end travel solution for women travelers. That
0: sounds amazing. So <laughs> can you tell us what have been maybe some of the challenges with Creating something that is for women um, by women. And what would you say to the naysayers who say this may not be sustainable since it's just for women or whatever?
1: Oh, my God. Thank you for that question. I'm (laughs) laughing because we get a lot of naysayers. um, And I mean, most of the naysayers do come from men. However, we do have men that do support because they have daughters and they have wives that they feel like this service would be actually a good service for them. One of the challenges I think I always say is the naysayers. The challenge is really trying to let people know that this is not um, a discriminatory services. Is not we're not um, we're not um, segregating women um, from you know other services. We're actually just providing alternatives. Right. And with even with our service is not only for women. I mean, as as a woman, if you're coming with a partner, you have to let your 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 host know, OK, I'm going to come with a partner within 24 hours. The host would then decide if you're comfortable with, with that or not. So we we we've had those challenges where we have to kind of explain to people this is needed. But I mean, as we continue to share our story, more women are coming up and and saying the exact same thing and really thanking us for such service and getting stories like, "Oh my God, I really wish this existed when I was traveling to forty countries." You know, um, I wish this existed when I was sexually harassed in 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 in, in Brazil. So it is needed. It's really about conveying that information to the naysayers. And it's like, yeah, this is going to be sustainable. And with the amount of people that are actually quite like right now registering with us, there is evidence there that this is a validated um, business and this is a validated solution that would be a good solution for women travelers and women hosts.
0: Great. So, um, what do you what would you say is next for FemBnb? Cause I, cause right now it's kind of a weird time with the pandemic going on and like people not traveling as much. So, what what would you say is is next for FemBnb? What are you all working
1: on? So, so right now our focus, um, for FemBnb because we just recently launched, is really get more people to sign up with us. The next step is really um raising funds. You know, so we're able to scale. And we're able to um, put up our technologies much faster and able to really develop a really strong and innovative technology that will, you know, set us apart from others. Um, so that is what we're working on as a next step. And hopefully, you know, in the near future, we want to be the, the the house name for women travelers and women hosts um, around, around the world. Great. So... Um, do you have
0: any tips since we're talking about solo travel? i I have done solo travel and I've like shared it with people, and one thing I get a lot is um comments about people, women, specifically being nervous or scared to solo travel or thinking about their safety. So do you have any tips for women who might be like who might want to solo travel but are like nervous or
1: anything like that? Any tips? Um, you know, I the nervousness is normal. Um, even as solo travelers, people that are really even experienced solo travelers, even traveling to new places it's normal to be nervous, but it's really also the mindset as well, really overcoming that mindset and realizing that this is all just fear, right? Um, once you actually go to those places, sometimes it's really not what you thought it was, right? Um, so I will always say, just do some research. Um, before you do travel anywhere, um, also talk to women that have actually been there before, right? What they did, you know, what kind of what 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 tips they what tips they can offer you, or what resources they can offer you um, when you go to those places, even if they know someone there, right? Connecting with people that are in those places also do help. Um, another tip is really making sure that you have some cash on you too, just in case, you know, you get stranded or, um, something does happen, and there's an emergency. You're able to actually find ways to um, go around it or find solution for it. Um, I will also say that you know, um, have your phone with you. Um, mm-hmm. Anywhere you go, have your phone. There's times that I remember I have to pretend that like I'm on the phone when I see someone following me, or I will pretend I'm taking a picture of something, so I'm not, you know, um, the person could pass me, or I don't feel that nervous. So those those are some of the ways that like I kind of go around it. For me, research is a, a huge part of it because going to any place that I do not know, I really want to know what is known for. What is this place known for? Is it is it a um, is it a high crime area? Um, what is the safety level in that area? Um, you know, what are some of the type of things that happen to women? Are there any reports or any news out there that you know um that is out there that I need to know of? Even like. Times when you're able to actually engage in activities, you know, uh, look at as a solo traveler. For me, I don't engage in activities in the nighttime. Um, any any time past five, I don't anything past five. I, I don't stay out. I have to be back in my in my residence or wherever I'm staying. So these are some of the things that I do, um, just to kind of alleviate my 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 um anxieties or any nervousness around that. And and I think that would. Our services, right, we're trying to do that by helping you connect with women before you even go to certain places. Right, right. So mm-hmm. was the was the solo trip, because I, I believe the, the trip you took to Rome was
0: for your 30th birthday and you were celebrating. Was that your first solo trip or had you traveled
1: solo before that? I had traveled solo before that. I had actually traveled solo before that, but this time was solo trip to Europe by myself. Okay. So it was the first time traveling solo to Euro- Europe by myself. Uh, but then I actually end up going again subsequently after that. Right. Um, and I'm one person I always, I don't like to have fear cripple me. Even though I went through that experience, I still went ahead to travel to five, several countries in Europe by myself. So um, I always find light in every situation, Um and and really try not to let fear cripple me and to stop me from doing what I love to do or to live my best life. Right. Right. Were you.
0: Um, so before the first time that you solo traveled, were you nervous then or did you or were you kind of like, OK, I'm ready to do this? How was your how was your
1: kind of mindset? Because you mentioned your mindset. I was very nervous. I'm, that, I'm not going to lie. I was very nervous. And of course, my mom <laughs> was talking to my ears, my husband. Oh, you know, so it was very um, nerve wracking at, at a point. But for me, I'm a very, even though, I mean, we're all human, we do get those negative um, thoughts sometimes and the fear and the anxieties. But for me, like, I have to constantly keep telling myself, like, it's going to be okay. And I have to constantly train my mind to think in a positive way. So it is, it is normal to be nervous, but also, um, normal for you to know that there are, there's resources out there for you to also tap into as well. So, um, it, it's, it's normal, but at the same time, I would say just go with your guts. If your guts is telling you not to go sometimes maybe you need to stay. But for me, if my gut is telling me to go, I do go. Even with a, a bit of nervousness, I do go to kind of conquer that fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So you mentioned
0: family members and loved ones being in your ear, and that was that was really big for me because my mom has uh, my mom has never actually been out of the country. So for me to solo travel for her was like really anxiety inducing, Mm -hmm. I think. So that was a big thing that I had to like, okay, I can't let her fears become my fears. So that was, that was a really important thing that you mentioned is like other people in your ear, because if you let, if you let them, you know, they can make you more afraid. Right. So,
1: yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, what I was actually going to say is like last year during COVID, I was really stressed. Because there's so many things that was happening, and I had maybe five trips that I had planned canceled. So I remember taking a spontaneous trip to Mexico. I booked my flight and I'm like, I told my mom, like, hey, I'm gone. I'll be gone in three days. Like, where are you going in this in this COVID? I'm like, listen, I need to get away. And man, she was so, she was so scared. She kept talking like you don't need to go, you know, it's too fearful out there. And, and it just a whole bunch of stuff. But when I left, it was like, I'm like, imagine if I had listened to her, (laughs) you know, I would have still be so fearful to even travel. And and I'm not encouraging travel. However, I needed that for me at that time. Right. And hearing someone telling me not to go because you're inciting your own fear on me is what actually pushed me to go because I'm like, you're not inciting your fear in me. Like you can't do that. I want to do things on my own terms and what makes me happy is what I'm going to do. So I did that and it was one of the best trips I've been, I've been, I think since, since COVID, you know? So it's one of those things that you just have to listen to your own guts and do what you think is best for you.
0: Mhm mhm perfect. So um I want to go back really quick to you being an entrepreneur and and particularly being innovative um with the travel services and in the travel industry. You were recently uh, recognized as the top 20 one of the top 20 women CEOs in vacation and real tech. And so I was wondering if you had any um, maybe little tidbits for women who may be interested in, um, being entrepreneurs, like what tips would you have, especially if they're thinking about doing something that they, you know, don't think will do well since you mentioned having naysayers and, and things for FinB what would you say to encourage a woman who like wants to put herself out
1: there? Yeah. One of the things I would say is that always follow your passion. Doesn't matter how many people are talking in your ears or saying no or saying all these negative things, follow your passion and your passion will lead you to places that you never expected. We live in a world where we we always looking for validation from from others and sometimes it's not other people that need to validate your idea or your dream; it will be you that will be validating your own idea. And at the end of the day, nobody understands your dream except for you. So um, you have to just follow your passion. Of course, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the road is is easy. There's mm-hmm. lots of bumps on there. It's not it's not as pretty as uh, as you think. You know, social media has glamorized entrepreneurship. And made it seem like everything is pretty, but it's really not. There's days that I wake up and I cry, but then I always have to go back to why. So if you're in any moment where you think I need to stop this, always go back to why. Your why. Why you started it and why you actually decided to to start this journey. So um, that is what I would say to anybody that wants to go into entrepreneurship. Don't listen to what anybody has to say. Um, Of course, feedback is important. Depend on your products, right? I'm not saying that you shouldn't take any feedback or criticism because feedback and critic- feedback from your users are what's going to really drive innovation and, and, and make you iterate your product. However, you know the, where you want to go with your company. You know, you see the long-term vision. Nobody else sees it except for you. So you have to do anything that you need to do possible to keep that vision and to keep that mission going and keep that mission in the, in, in the limelight. So that is what my, I would say, I, I would say that my two cents in regarding that. Great.
0: So one last question that I always ask at the end, what is
1: one book or resource that has been formative for you? Oh, oh my God. I have, there are two, there are two books. Two solid books, actually, no, three of them that mm-hmm. I, would, I would actually um, mention. One, Who Moved My Cheese? Um, two, um, Dare to Lead, and mm-hmm. three, Essentialism, The Pursuit of Less.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Those three books, Essentialism, um, Who Moved My Cheese, and Dare to Lead has been a life-changing books for me. Um, as entrepreneurs or even new, new people that are like starting a new business, we feel like everything is important. Every opportunity is important, but essentialism actually tells you to choose wisely. It is not always the trivial many. It is the vital few that you see productivity, you see success, and you also see scaling in terms of your business.
0: Gotcha. Perfect. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I truly appreciate you inviting me on this podcast. Thank you for listening to Not The Wifey Type, the podcast. If you love the show, make
0: sure to subscribe so you'll know when new episodes drop and rate and review so others will know how much you love the show too if you want to keep up with me personally you can follow me on instagram at not the type until next time i'm reminding you to belong to yourself